Thank you for listening to Truth in Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's Word is truth and that His truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com. All right, so here's where we are, sanctification. This one is, uh, I think, neat and unique in a sense that it is more... um, it's more in the moment. It's more of our everyday lives. This one has a lot to do with everything going on with us in the moment. Again, you know, sort of the reality of the, the things God is doing in us to grow us. Um, so this is a good discussion today. There's a couple points. I want to just kind of stop and park on a couple of concepts to talk about sanctification. So I'll ask you to think about ways that, you know, you can bring maybe a story or an example of how the Spirit is working in you in sanctification to make you holy. So particularly want to talk about some challenges later around discipline and suffering. Those are difficult things, but clearly part of our sanctification. Okay, so be thinking about that. Anybody willing to share a little bit would be most uh, appreciated. So mental warm-up, ready? This one's really good. This one's hard. All right. Yeah, I mean, at a point in time, we got sliced bread, but what was the best thing before that? The wheel. The wheel? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that pretty much takes the cake. That's, yeah, the wheel. All right. All right, so here's the, here are the objectives today. So, you know, in the, in the vein of the already and the not yet, we'll talk about two parts of sanctification. There's a, there's a, there's a thing that happens in the moment immediately, and then there's this ongoing work over the course of your life. So it's definitive and progressive. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the means of sanctification. So as we're on this path of uh, pursuing holiness, there are helps. There are things that God has designed for us that help us along the way. So we want to make sure we understand what those are and recognize those. And then we'll talk about this ongoing life of holiness or pursuing holiness. And it's called a life of simple obedience. It sounds really easy. <laughs> simple obedience, right? It's really, it's really not necessarily, but we'll talk about that. What does it mean to live a life of simple obedience? What's expected of us? You know, what is, uh, what do we need to be doing? And the key there, a lot of, a lot of the key to that really is we need to be doing. It's about action and, and being engaged in it and not being passive in it. So make sure we talk that through, okay? The key word is, think about this, the key word is cooperation. Cooperation. God does it all, but he always works through the human experience. He always works through us to achieve things, right? God does it all, but we have to participate and cooperate. So we'll talk about that. So you guys have seen this. Again, we're moving down the list. After sanctification, we'll talk about our, our assurance of faith, perseverance, and then glorification. We'll, we'll wrap it up there in a couple weeks. And you guys have seen this as well. This is definitely subjective salvation. Sanctification is about all about what's going on in our hearts about change, about, right, how we progress. Okay, so we'll park right there. What, in your, in your mind, give me your 20,000-foot view of sanctification. How would you define it? How would you simply stated what is sanctification? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Octavio. Uh, Okay, yeah, excellent. Super concise, good sentence, process, definitely a process, and it is a 
It is a moving us toward Christ-likeness, moving us toward defeating, dying to our sin, right? Moving us toward holiness. So, and it's <laughs> mathematically, in a graph, it's an upward line. Some people, it's an upward line like this, really steep. Things are happening rapidly. Other folks, maybe not so steep. And for most of us, it's doing this, right? We've got a lot of variation in that. But the idea is that the line is moving, moving us in a direction of increasing holiness. Okay. Sorry? Paisley, our six-year-old, asked us what sanctified means. She did? Yes. When did she ask you this? Uh, last week. Wow, we all right. We were going over her Awana verse, and then later that night she said, yeah. what, what does sanctified mean? And I was like, um, how do you say this to a six-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I got the actual definition of the word out. All right. In the definition of the word is actually set apart holy. Yeah. And then by the blood of Jesus. So it's like, you know, she understands the Jesus died on her sins and yeah. the blood's for it. And like, so it's just like trying to explain sanctified to a six-year-old. So the leap from Awana to sanctified. That's a big leap. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome she's asking the question. So well, good. John 17, 17. Yeah. Says, Sanctify them by your holy Awesome. Okay, good. She's digging deep. I like that. Yeah, good. So we'll, we'll get to that uh, definition. Now, I want to go back a little bit. You guys didn't hear this when you came in probably. I feel bad for the front row. I'm like right on top of you guys. So I credited this to Wade. He said he didn't do this. Somebody made fun of me for hiding in the corner over there. So I'm moving around now. <laughs> Second half, we're in the last three classes. I'm going to be over here. Right? So now next week you'll probably all sit over there. But I apologize for being right on top of you guys. All right, so here's the Westminster Confession of Faith. This is the definition they put forward. Sanctification is a work of God's grace, whereby they whom God hath, before the foundation of the world, chosen to be holy, your election, right, are in time, through the powerful operation of His Spirit, applying the death and resurrection of Christ unto them. You're called into union with Christ renewed in their whole man after the image of God, your renewed heart, right, regeneration, having the seeds of repentance unto life, we talked about repentance and faith, right, two sides of a coin, and all other saving graces put into their hearts, and those graces so stirred up, increased and strengthened, as that they more and more die unto sin and rise unto newness of life. So it, it has everything to do with sin. It's all about defeating our sin, dying to it, a process over time and growing in holiness, right? So you notice the words like, um, where it says more and more, <laughs> you know, more and more and more and more. The idea is it's increasing, that it's changing, right? There's action on our part, and we should see change. We should see a difference over time, okay? More and more. And again, this is that cooperation piece. We'll talk about how we, we participate in that. Okay, so... Again, to make holy. So simply stated, sanctifi sanctification is God's work to make us holy. Right? God is perfectly righteous and good. We are wicked and sinful. When we receive that regenerated heart, right? this is a time that we, we grow in a profound understanding and awareness of our sin. This, is a, this may be very, um, uh, very immediate. It may be more slow over time, but there should be an awareness. We become aware of, oh, I recognize the fact that I'm sinful. I see this contrast with, 
with godliness. I see this contrast with the king and, and you know, righteousness and holiness and perfection in where I am. And we suddenly go, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sinful, right? So we, we grow in that awareness and we begin the process of dying to it, okay? God said, be holy as I am holy, right? So this is his moving us in that direction. Okay, so from Isaiah 6, right? Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So Isaiah here, this is the moment again of contrast. Ooh, I'm taking stock of where I am, who I am, what I'm doing, compared to that perfection, and it hits me. And there's this overwhelming, ugh. So t- is that true of your experience? Tell me about that. Is was there a time when suddenly your sin was apparent and in your face? Was it growing slowly over time through the work of the scripture, other people ministering to you, whatever? Could it be a little both? Any thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> No, and that's a really good point in that there's a contrast where it flips from us thinking we're in control, we define things, we're doing fine, comparing to other people, we're actually probably in a good place to, oh, no, I'm wicked, I'm sinful, this becomes a reality, yeah. It is definitely, again, it's a lifelong process. There's usually either a moment or a phase, a time in your life that this sin becomes very apparent, and this is God turning to you and saying, look, you know, uh, you are wicked. I'm convincing you of this. The Spirit is in you, right? You're reading the Word. You're seeing the truth. The Spirit's convincing you of the truth, and you're moving to, again, the process to die to those sins, okay? Okay, so we talked before about the already and the not yet. Sanctification is definitely a case of that. So there is, a, there is an immediate sanctification. It's, it's an instantaneous act called definitive sanctification. So, um, and there's also an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit that's progressive sanctification. Okay, this is again where he calls us to cooperate in this over our lives. So definitive sanctification, we talked before, breaks the bonds of sin. We are now free and no longer slaves to that sin. And then progressive sanctification is this gradual growth in holiness through good works and discipline. Again, good works and discipline. There are other things too, lots of experiences that I think make up the package of sanctification. But a couple of key things are that we 
good works are prepared for us beforehand that we would walk in them. There's obedience as part of that, or just our, again, our simple obedience. There's things that we do to serve and we get involved and we minister. And then there's this idea of discipline and discipline involves um, you know, things we talk about in rebuke and instruction, correction, things like that. But there's also a whole package of difficult things, trials, challenges in our lives, suffering, right? So we'll talk more about that here in a bit. But there's an already and a not yet. Is that pretty clear? Yeah, okay. All right, so from 1 Corinthians 1, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is clearly pointing to a definitive sanctification. This is past tense. So this has happened. It's referring to something that's already in place, right? Those who've been sanctified. And interesting, look at the words. So those who have been sanctified, again, the regenerated heart, calling into union with Christ, they're called saints, called saints. How does that contrast with other schools of thought which may say that sainthood is reserved for certain people, right? Certain people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm sorry. Well, that was me. I, I oh, just, Jacob, thanks. No, I just, uh, with Catholicism wrongly teaches that, yeah. you know, you, you can attain yeah. sainthood, you work up to that, and the really, really, really good people get to sainthood, whereas right. this definitive, you say it was definitive? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Even as the process of sanctification goes. Right. I just think that's interesting. Yeah, go ahead, Craig. Catholicism also is man ascribing sainthood to other men, not right. to God. Good. Yeah. Exactly. A man created set of requirements or checkboxes. Yeah. Right. So you're saints. I just think that's incredibly uh, a great blessing that you know we are we are referred to as saints, and it's not withheld. If you're sanctified, being sanctified. Saints, good. Okay, for sin shall not be the master of you. You are not under law, but under grace. In Romans 6, again, just the idea that we're free from the bondage of sin. Uh, and then here, Romans 8, 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So this is pointing to our obligation. Again, this responsibility that we have to be part of it. Okay, we are involved. First uh, John 1, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, the truth is not in us. So sanctification is not instant holiness, totally and complete. The sin is not gone. Remember we said the sin is still present, so we have an obligation to die to it. Right. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is pointing to a future state, right? This is to come, looking forward to... You will be sanctified entirely over the course of your life as we approach glorification, the end. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. So again, just making the case there's a now and a future. Uh, Philippians 2, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good, uh, and to work for His good pleasure. So what's this work out your salvation stuff? I thought we were saved. I thought we had salvation. So what's the deal with working it out? 
What, what, what thoughts do you have on that? Good. Excellent. Thank you. Good summary. Yeah, it's not, you know, we're not working on our salvation. It's not, not like it's partially achieved and, man, we just have to keep working at it. You know, I got to get into the gym every Wednesday and work out, you know, or apply my own strength and knowledge to this. No, we are working it out. We are living it out. We are working it um, by participating and in being involved. Yes, we're fighting our sin all the time, all the time. And it will, this will make sense in a second. We're working up to some comment, maybe some common misperception around what we do or don't do in salvation or in sanctification. Yeah, right. Exactly. Perfect. So yeah, when we get to start talking about assurance and perseverance, the mere fact that we, we're, sometimes we feel like we're losing, right? I mean, flat out, sometimes we feel beat up. We feel knocked down. We feel like we're not making progress, but the being in the battle and the evidence of that itself is an assurance, right? We're under God's care. He's working in us through some difficult thing. Yeah. Lisa. Um, also, here in Clemson, working on your salvation, I mean, these are, these are already the chosen. It's not that they're not. They're here in Clemson. If you understand the sentence before God, I, I dare any man to go to yeah. God's audience here in Clemson. In repentance, he says, yeah. he gives, uh, forgive that he would be Yes. It's not that our that the fact that we're going through these things and hearing and trembling means that we're not fighting our sin. You know what I mean? There's oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. Excellent point. Absolutely excellent point. So, and and where we get the misperception, we'll talk in just a second. Is people don't want to fear and tremble, right? They don't want to be reminded every day that they're sinful. There's an avoidance going on here in many cases. Like, they just don't want to deal with it. So their their hope is, look it's not my responsibility. This is all done. I'm just going to sit back and not do anything. It's really, you know, it's not for me to be involved in this. And I think that's an avoidance. The fear is healthy. The fear and trembling are healthy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. From Galatians 5, we've read this before, through the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Against all about action and obedience. This is us doing things, working out our salvation. All right. So this is the misperception I wanted to talk about. You guys have probably seen this before, maybe somewhere, I don't know, let go and let God. Have you ever seen it written or talked about or on church signs? <laughs> you know, 
stuff like that. And so we want to, uh-oh, that's too far. There we go. Oh, no, it's not. There we go. So it's not biblical. We want to talk about why is that. Now, there, before I go there, I'll say there is a sense of this that can be helpful. There's a sense of this that, hey, if you're trying too hard in your own strength, if you think this is about your ability and you're not yielding to the Spirit and letting God, you know, you're, you're trying to take it over yourself. And I think sometimes we do that. We think we're so smart or so good or so whatever, clever and crafty, we try to do things on our own. So if that's where you are, there's a sense of this that says, no, you need to yield, <laughs> right? You need to not be in the way of what God is doing. But the, the danger here, I think the real falsehood is that this leads people to believe that they have no part again in their, in their sanctification, no part at all, okay? So a couple things. One, you know, in terms of letting God do anything, we don't need to really let God do anything, okay? He's sovereign, right? He doesn't need us to let him do stuff, right? He's powerful. He's sovereign. He's going to do his care. He's going to carry out his will. And then he commands us to fight, okay? So there is a spiritual battle, right? We know that. We need to be in the battle. We need to be fighting. So sanctification is not passive. And again, I said before, but God does it all, but he does it by the use of human effort, okay? We are necessarily involved in this because that's his plan. That's his design for us. Does that make sense? So our work is to fight, right? These are going to be familiar phrases, run the race, right? To pursue and strive for holiness. And I think, again, a lot of the danger is people just don't want to strive. Maybe they're tired, they're, this has been a tough battle for them, uh, or this isn't a willingness to engage. And so they say, you know what? God does it all. When I'm sanctified, it's done. You know, I'm sanctified, and therefore I'm just going to live my life as I choose because you know, it's already taken care of for me. And that's, that is obviously not, not the case, okay? Questions on that? That seem okay? Pretty clear? Yeah. Octavia, what? Did you move? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> every, every time I look around, you're going to be somewhere else. All right. <laughs> you are. You're definitely keeping me on my toes. All right. All right. So let's park on this for a second. Okay, 2 Peter 1, this is long, but you know, I'll just hit the highlights here. Um, you guys can scan through this, but look at, the, look at the words, the strong action words in here, right? Applying all diligence, increasing, right? These qualities are increasing. Be all the more diligent. Make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble, okay? And diligent, I think diligent is a very strong action word. Practice, increasing, applying, right? These things are indicating what we need to be doing. And look at the blessings that flow from that effort, right? Okay, First Peter 1, look at the words again here. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior, because it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. In all your behavior, that's the challenge, be holy in all your behavior, right? Uh, here, Ephesians 6, be, finally be strong, 
stand firm, right? There's a struggle, not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers, world, world forces of this darkness. Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Why would we need the armor of God if there's not a battle to be fought, right? All right, so there's some things that are helps as we go through this. You guys will think of other things. These are four kind of bundled up into some uh, packages, some buckets. There are other things. If you have other ideas or comments, please share those. But there are basically four things, four categories, right, um, that God has provided to aid us in this, uh, in this pursuit. So God's law, you would expect God's truth, the Scripture, to be part of that, right? The history of redemption, calling us to remember how often does Scripture say, remember, 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 don't forget? Yeah, history, our personal resources, there's people around us, this church. You know, this is what the body of believers is for here on earth, is this encouragement, you know, challenging each other. Um, and then the Holy Spirit, of course, as we said, the Spirit dwells in us. So the Spirit is supernaturally revealing truth to us as we read, as we're ministered to, as we hear the Word. There's that truth convincing us, right? So these are four, again, major buckets. So I've got a little piece from frame on each of these, and we'll look at some Scripture, too, to kind of help focus in on it. Um, so Scripture is sufficient in that it contains all the divine words we need to do anything to the glory of God. When Scripture motivates us to pursue holiness, it often calls us to be obedient to God's commands, commands that for us are located in Scripture itself. So that shouldn't be a surprise. God's Word is the, the foundation. Okay? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, and in his law he meditates day and night. All right, so this is our ever-present, you know, be in the Word, be receiving the Word, right? This is an encouragement to us as we pursue holiness, and something we definitely need. And then God motivates his people to holiness by reminding us of what he's done to save us. The blessing of salvation is our union with Christ himself. So there's some simple reminders, things like this, Exodus 20, you know, hey, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. How often have we seen that? A simple reminder straight up, this is what I did for you. And then there's other reminders that are more calling us, remembering this union that we have, that we've been brought into union with Christ, right? If you have been raised up with Christ, right, and you have, Keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the, that are on earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be re revealed with Him in glory. So these are the kind of reminders that we have. Recall us to, call us to recall. <laughs> Don't forget who you are in Christ. You've been called into union, right? You are one with Him. Be encouraged in your sanctification. God brings individuals into a body of believers, the church. They are resources for our sanctification, teaching, preaching, living as examples, the word, the sacraments, and prayer. Um, you know, clearly, so we're called here in Hebrews 10, hey, don't neglect the assembling. Come together in unity in the church body. Worship the Lord together. Be encouraged. Hear the word, right? I mean, how many of you would say that? Is that... This will seem like a silly question. How, are you encouraged by the church body? I mean, in what ways, any examples? In what ways have you been, is your sanctification furthered? Yeah, Robin. When people take care of you physically, like meals when there's a doctor's yeah. pregnancy or maybe, you know, different times where people just come out of the 
Good. Thank you. Yeah, we're cared for, cared for and encouraged, right? I mean, are we challenged? People, are you, you know, I think that's part of it too, right? In this whole idea of discipline is we're challenged. People were brought back to center if things are off, you know, with us. I mean, I'm so grateful for people who have come to me and said something to me over the course of time. Hey, I see this. Uh, I'm not sure that's right or that doesn't sit right with me or hey, you might be aware of, you know, that sort of thing. So in our sanctification and calling us to defeat and die to our sins, how, how glorious it is for other people to help us see that. You know, our eyes are open, but sometimes we don't maybe see the full picture, right? Okay. Uh, and then the Spirit's work, right? The Spirit dominates the redeemed life. Believers walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Spirit bears fruit, new traits of character that replace the works of the flesh. Cultivating these fruits is what it means to walk in the Spirit. So as we talked before, the Spirit is residing in us now, right? And calling us to truth, giving us strength, and the, the things that we need every day to walk the Christian life. Okay? We've looked at this one before, Galatians 5. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And it's not just us and our own energy and our own, you know, again, bootstrapping it. It's the Spirit in us, working in us, right? as a constant help, okay? All right, so we talk about this life of simple obedience. Again, it sounds simple. <laughs> what is the life of simple obedience? Well, it's just this pursuit of holiness, okay? Again, God has certainly accepted believers once and for all. We are not to be complacent or passive, and here's the hard part. So I was talking about before, I want us to just dwell on this for a second. There's a level of divine approval arising from fatherly discipline in our lives. God wants us to be open to discipline, right? And it, there's a tremendous amount of growth it creates. I think if you think about the times in your life when you struggled, had strife, had a difficulty, something you overcame, <coughs> the strength on the other side of that is tremendous. And I think that's something that brings confidence for the next battle, right? You just grow in confidence over time as you see God working. You can look back and recall these things. And so suffering is a type of discipline. Right? Again, suffering is something that God uses to purify us from sin. So as we're dying to our sin, there's, there are times of suffering that God will put us in intentionally right, and bring us through to grow us, maturity, confidence, again, all those things. And in the end, God expects us to obey His commands. So this is, again, this is huge. I put this one up before. It's a lot of words, but look at the bottom where I've underlined it. Right, He disciplines us for our good so that we may share His holiness. All discipline for the moment seems to be not joyful but sorrowful, yet... To those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So tell me about what does it mean to be trained by it? What does that suggest to you? That's interesting language. It doesn't just say learn from it. It says be trained by it. So what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you Vanessa. Say that again. Okay, good. So it focuses your attention on being content with God alone. Good. Yeah. Excellent. What else? So in my, in my daily world, in my job, I'm involved in a lot of um, training people who are in dangerous jobs. And so there's, a, there's the idea that you can share knowledge with them. I can tell you, you know, like telling your kids don't put the butter knife in the outlet. <laughs> You know, I could tell you don't do certain things to make sure we don't start a fire or blow something up and et cetera. 
but telling them and translating that to their brain in the field of what am I really going to do in a circumstance where I find myself challenged with you know something I've never come across before it's very difficult it's hard to take page learning or book learning or whatever or some virtual training course and then go out and do it right you got to learn it you got to live it you got to be you have to experience it right so that to me is this training piece does that make sense we have to live and go through these things and experience it ourselves right and then be able to uh, grow in maturity for the next time something comes along. Does that make sense? Yeah. Any other examples or? Yeah. I think like in the challenge of Clemson to read the promise despair, you know, or, uh, you know, just to um, know that the promise is emotional about whatever, you know, situation. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a completely other thing to go through that yourself. And then, oh, yeah. and then those words resonate in such a different way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I think you look at the, you look at the learning differently once you've been through it and lived it. Then it's the recalling back to the history and saying, "Oh, that's what, yeah, God told me that." <laughs> now I've had a chance to live it and experience it. Yeah, Ashley. So, ac excellent. So that is, again, that's the response. We don't like these things necessarily, but I think, you know, it is, it is glorious to expect them, to know that God works this way. Expect these things in your life. Respond to them. And understand that it's a process of building you up. You, defeating your sin comes in a lot of ways. There's a lot of methods to defeat your sin, you know. Part of it is being in a difficult situation, seeing God work in it, being faithful to you. Right, and then how you respond to that, and be and be it help to defeat certain sins in your life, whether that's doubt or whatever it is. Okay. Okay, Matt. Um, the term simple obedience. I really like that term. It's you know you can say on one side of things about simple, like yeah. you said, yet it's the most simple. So you have sins coming at you, mm. and kind of want to blame God, like, oh, these sins are too big for me to overcome. These yeah. things, but actually, salvation's right there, and it's simple. It's a surrendering. Now, the reason it's not yeah. simple is because our flesh we make it complicated. says no. Yeah. Yeah. But the answers that God gives us, we could be in struggles of all types, are trust and, yeah. and right. obey. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Yeah. It, and it's not this hard thing. It's 
for Christians to put up these these ideas. It, it, it's a battle, but almost like God's made something really hard. I can't overcome them. Well, actually, no. He's made it really simple. <laughs> yeah. Just surrender. Yeah. Listen to the word. Yeah. It's our flesh that's not simple. <laughs> yeah. No, right. We make it complicated. Yeah, for sure. Now, that's excellent. And that's so we'll launch into this final final piece here. This is, I mean, again, this is super simple, right? The conclusion, when all's been heard, fear God, keep His commandments. Right? This applies to everybody. Fear God, keep His commandments. So, again, I just don't want us to be afraid of things like discipline. It's a key part of your growth. Recall that, okay? And in the sufferings we go through, they're intentional, right? And, we, and our proper response helps us grow more and more in holiness. So, Okay, so this is kind of where we were today, application, sanctification is both an event and a process, involves dying to our sins, right? Bonds of sin are broken, and we begin to pursue holiness through our works and obedience. God's discipline is a key part of that growth. Okay, so overall thoughts. Today or anything so far, anybody have something to share? Any application of this? What are we going to go do? How does this change how we approach things, think about things, respond to things? Good, good. Yeah, I think don't, you know, an encouragement would be don't be frustrated when God reveals more sins because that's the intention. How can you defeat them and die to them if you're unaware of them, right? So these sufferings, oftentimes our response to the suffering is, is off. It's, it's not perfect. We're struggling with things, right? We're in a bad spot. It's hard. And so our response to it can be, oh, man, it reveals a whole new bucket of sins, right? But that's what it's for. Reveal them. Get them in front of you. Die to them. You can't, you can't die to things you're not aware of, right? It's all part of the process. Good. Okay. One last comment or question? Yep. Silas? I think in the, all this, we see sanctification as maybe kind of a hard thing, you know, it's kind of a hard thing. But I think it's important to remember that, that it is a gift. Like, it mm-hmm. is to be yeah. and sanctified, and it is a great joy to be sanctified. But yeah. I handle myself, I think, kind of, oh, man, it's hard. Change is hard. Yeah. Going through this trial is hard. But in the end, this is. Yeah. And it's a great gift, and it's 
painful in the moment, <laughs> but we should still rejoice in it and be yeah. glad in it. And, and uh, really, kindly, it's what God is doing in Peter here. Yeah, good. Well said. Yeah, thank you. It is absolutely a gift. Good, good. All right. Well, let's, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, pray. We'll wrap up. Thank you for listening to Truth in Life. If you enjoy this series, make sure to subscribe. And remember, this is truth to live by.